Wow. We are in, I know we're talking about being in <laughs> unprecedented times. Anybody heard that phrase before? But we're talking about being in the last days, being in days like no other. I want you to tell you this, we are in very special times as well. You know, I, I know like we're normally quite strict, you know, of service, no more than 90 minutes, 11 till 12.30, sometimes it's 11 till 12.20. The last two weeks we've gone over, today we're probably going to go over, but we are in very special times. You know why this, while this room hasn't been being televised and it was all going on upstairs and since everything's moved downstairs, it's not been being televised, it's like God has placed us in a bubble to speak to us about some stuff. And it's very special. It's really, really special what's going on. I got a text mid-worship from one of the young people. And they sent me this. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. And they said it relates to now. I have read it over and over and I finally get it. Urgent, please read this. Please read this because this is for now. Though there may be conflict, though there may be fear on the inside, we have been called to stand. We have been called to raise the standard. We have been called to raise the name of Jesus. And yes, there is a battle going on. And no, I am not being political. I am stating the obvious that even the kids can see (laughs) that there is a battle going on in the world. It says in the word of God that there is a battle going on. And we have been called. So though there may be fear on the inside and battles on the outside, we have been called for such a time as this. Just bear with me because in all that worship, I forgot to make sure that my screen didn't time out on my iPad, which I normally do in the worship. And, you know, it's really since the worship's come down into the room, I just generally find myself on my knees. And that's not a bad place to be. <laughs> and I was chatting with somebody the other day who they are uh, involved in a, in a very, very big church. It's not just in this country. And we were chatting and they were asking about how we, we were going on because they are in all in uh, rented venues. They're not able to open. They were like, how is it going? And um, I was saying about the worship and they said this and I'd not thought of it. And they said it like this. They were like, because you've been starved of it. I said, the worship is so special. It's so special. I said, there's such a presence and a power. And they were like, it's because we were always just used to the worship. But suddenly, the worship, communal worship, is a gift to us. It's a gift. And God is able to move amongst us as we gather together in spirit and in truth. You know, I would say to you, get any notebooks out, get your phones out, because I'm going to give you some scripture today. I'm not going to have time to read through every portion of scripture that I'm going to say. There's going to be quite a few references to the scripture, and I want you to write them down and go away, and God is going to speak today things specifically for you that you need to make note on. Today's message is called, What's in a Name? You know, I like to bring a prop when I can, and I was like, 
I've got the best prop for this sermon. What's in a name? A baby name book. And I'll just take a couple of shout outs and we'll just look up what names mean. And then I suddenly realized, oh, I'm a little bit out of touch because I have some friends who have in the last 18 months had children. Even one in the last month has had a child. And I text Rianne and I said, have you got a baby name book? She texts me back, what's that? I'm like, what is wrong with her? I was like, it's a book that you have babies' names in and you look at what it means. She was like, uh, no, sorry. So I thought, right, I'm going to ring Fat Mom, right, in case I, the way I'm putting it across in text to people, it's not something. Hi, Fat Mom, do you have a baby name book? She went, something along the lines of, a what? I went, a baby name book? What? You look up the meaning of the name? She went, no, we just went online. <laughs> That's when I went, oh, yeah, I'm 45. We don't do paper editions anymore. <laughs> so my prop's not here, all right, because apparently we just go online nowadays to look up names. Yeah, so what's in a name is the name of my sermon today. You know, names are important. We choose names. We choose names for our children. We choose names for our pets. Some people choose names for plants. Mine don't live long enough to have a name. We choose names for our businesses. Me and Barry recently, personally, have started a business. We chose a name for the business. That wasn't a drop, by the way, but if you have got children between the ages of naught to four years, <laughs> we'll be out in the corridor later. No, no, I'm only kidding. First choice nursery. Anyway, um, just going to put that out there. But names are important. They are important. You know, we don't walk around and just call people like oi or like just look at each other. You know, if I see somebody in the street or I see somebody in Asda, once you've worked out who it is behind the mask, I will call their name. Names are important. There are times in our lives when names change. So when I got married, I became Vicky Cross. And I'm sure your names changed if you got married. Adoption, if you are adopted, your name changes. You become part of a family. When I got married, me and Barry, we started a new adventure together and we became the Cross family. My children were born, our children were born into it. They became the Cross family. If you have been adopted, it goes to court and you are given a new name. Your name has been changed from what it was to a brand new name. You know, businesses change your names. This church, for example, when it started 40 years ago, was called Beth Shan. I will repeat, Beth Shan. Because if I ever say that, people go, what? Like, that's like asking for a baby name, but Beth Shan. And then about 14 years ago, Pastor Tina, who was pastor at the time, she realized that nobody had a clue what this name meant, and she wanted a name that people understood. And so she called the church Hope Alive Church. Now, you only ever hear it called Hope Church because we don't use the alive bit. But if you notice, on our, if you, so when, you, when you've set up your standing order or the Charities Commission, we are actually Hope Alive Church. Businesses change their name. There are seasons when names change. We do that. My name is Rachel Victoria and I am called Vicky. My mum chose not to, to use the, the, the name Rachel. She chose to call me Vicky. Dependent on my circumstances... I'm known as Rachel. If I go to the doctor, I'm known as Rachel. If I go to the bank, I'm known as Rachel. And I am like a split personality. If I am sat in the doctor's waiting room and someone shouted, Vicky, I'd be like... And I'd become Rachel. I'd just take on this being of Rachel. Whereas if somebody shouted Rachel in here, I would assume they were going for Rachel Harper. Where is Rachel Harper? Who is also called 
Rachel Victoria. Can you believe that? We are like little clones of each other. But a name happens with a new thing, with a becoming of something, or it happens with a belonging of where you're going to be heading, or it comes with an acknowledgement. You know, when people are given degrees and then the the degree has a name, it might be a first or never been to university, I am making this up as I go along. We have a first, we have a 2-1, we have a 2-2, we have all of this kind of thing. But it's an acknowledgement of an achievement. It's an acknowledgement of where you're at in your life. The same with doctors. So you will have a house officer, a senior house officer, a registrar, a senior registrar. You will have a consultant. It's a title. It's a name. It's an acknowledgement of where you're at. But what I want to talk about today is when God changes a name. When God changes a name, you think we, we think we have this power over names, like we have the power of names. I will name my children, I will name my business, I will name my dog, I will name my cats Millie and Molly, which is totally ridiculous because we all get mixed up and all we need is a third cat called Mandy. But we all think we have the power of names and they belong to me alone. But what I want to say today is God gives a name. And when God gives a name, that is very different because he is all-powerful. When God changes a name, you see, when God changes a name, when God gives you a name, when he gives you your new name, he homes in on you. He homes in on you and he says, Mavis. He homes in on you and he says, Aslam. He homes in on you and he says, Rachel. When he gives you a name, it's him and you. You're together. He is the one who gives names. We do not have the power of names like us as humans think we are. I'm going to have to put these glasses on because, yeah, that's it. I can read better now because I'm not quite sure what you're going to get otherwise. Otherwise, anyway, I'm going to talk fast so that the meeting doesn't go over too much. I want to speak today on three types of names that are given by God. Three types of names. The first type of name is an acknowledgement. So if you look in Genesis 32, 28, write these scriptures down. Jacob, his name was supplanter. It meant trickster, fancy being known as trickster. I won't say what my nickname was when I was little. I'm glad I didn't, yeah. Jacob was known as trickster, but it was changed to Israel, meaning having power with God. Because in Genesis 32, 28, it says, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. This kind of new name was an acknowledgement. It was an acknowledgement of what had happened to Jacob and what he had won and what he had achieved. So the first uh, type of name given by God is a name that is an acknowledgement. The second one is a name that is an announcement of something. In the New Testament, we hear about Simon, whose name was changed to Peter. Simon's name was God has heard. And it was changed to Peter, which meant rock. Now, this was an announcement of something God was going to do. In John 1, 42, 
I'm sorry I'm going fast, but like, I don't want to miss anything from this word. I know it's so important. And I don't want the, the end to get watered down, so bear with me. John 1.42, then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Then in Matthew, it says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon, here is the announcement, and upon this rock, I will build my church. It is an announcement of what God is going to do through Peter. So it is saying, your name is now Rock, and on this rock, I am going to build my church. It was an announcement of something that was to come. So we have the acknowledgement, we have the announcement, and then we have the prophetic. Abram and Sarai. Abram, in Genesis chapter 17, go home and read this. Abram means high father. And God changed it to Abraham, father of many nations, father of a multitude. His wife, Sarai, which means my princess, was changed to Sarah, mother of nations. And when you read the story, it is prophetic of what is to come. What is go? We have the acknowledgement, we have the announcement, and we have the prophetic. And those are the three types of, of uh, name given from God that I want to talk about today. The acknowledgement, the announcement of what God is going to do, and the prophetic of what is going to come, what is going to happen in the time that is coming. You see, in giving these name changes to just, just these three Bible characters that I've mentioned alone, God is letting them know of the divine plan that has been fulfilled or will be fulfilled through them. And that the change of name is necessary to be in line with the plan of God. Does that make sense? Yeah? So it was the divine plan that would be fulfilled or had been fulfilled with these gentlemen. I'm going to call them gentlemen. I don't think I've ever called a character out of the Bible a gentleman. But there you go. So the question I want to ask today is, what's your name? You might be like, I'm like, get the baby book out. I don't know what my name means. But what is your name? You see, because what your name was is very different to what your name is if you belong to Jesus. Because when you gave your life to Christ, he gave you a new name. You, your story completely changed. The ending of your story was very different to the beginning of the story because Jesus stepped in because you opened the door of your heart and you allowed him to enter in. And at that point, he gave you a new name. I told us a lot of scripture. Here's another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So when we commit our lives to Christ, we are in Christ. We are of Christ. We are living in him. We are abiding in him. We are moving in him. We are Christ. We are in Christ. And the name of Jesus, of all the names in the Bible, 
Of all the names that could be given out on this earth, the name of Jesus, nothing comes close. It says in Philippians 2, verse 9 and 10, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor. Not of honor, of highest honor. That means there is nothing higher. There isn't a higher honor that any of us can achieve higher than the name of Jesus. No matter what name I may give to somebody, no matter what name you may give to your child or your business, or I want you to know that without Jesus, it's nothing. Because the name of Jesus is the place of highest honor. And gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. We are in Christ and we are of Christ. The name above all names. The name of highest honor. When we opened our heart to Jesus... And we gave our lives to him, became a follower of him, became a Christian. We were a new person and we are in Christ. And his name is above all other names. Everything has a name. Everything. Cash, it's a name, isn't it? Um, Chair, it's a name. If you think about it, names are huge. Everything has a name. But when we are Christians, we have the Spirit of God living in us, there are names that can't coexist. I'm going to give a shout out to Dave Bound for the term coexist. Your wife used that to me yesterday and I was like, that was the word I was looking for for the preach. There you go. Credit to you, Dave. There are names that can't coexist. They cannot live together like good, friendly neighbours. They just, they can't. They can't mix together. They can't live together. There is going to be um, a war between them. Inside of you, there will be a war. You will lose your peace. When something that is not of God tries to live in you, there are things that cannot coexist together. And as I was preparing this and I was praying, I was saying, okay, God, what are the things that you want me to bring out? And there are some things that I'm going to bring out. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to name them. And then I'm going to give you a tablet of truth. And this is what you need to read. Uh, read every time that you are struggling. Because if you get up and maybe you're on a course of antibiotics at the moment. Or maybe you're on tablets for other things. And you get up in the morning and you take your tablet. Or you're like, your phone alarm goes off because you know you've got to take another one before you eat. But the word of God Take it like medicine. It is medicine to your life. It is medicine to your bones. It is medicine to your mind. It is medicine to your emotions. And so when I was praying, these next things are the things that God said to bring out today and speak out their names and then speak out the truth. And then these verses that God has given you today are your tablet of truth. They're your medicine. So that when you are feeling something and it's living and you're like, well, this can't live in me because I'm a child of God and I bear the name of Jesus and he's got the name of highest honor. It is the name above all names. You read your verse and you take your tablet of truth because his word is medicine to our souls. 
Strong and weak are two names that don't do well as neighbours because they are completely the opposite to each other. Now, that doesn't mean that at times we don't feel weak, but that we've got to speak the truth. Strong and weak can't coexist. You will have neighbours that war with each other. And when you have neighbours that war with each other, there is no peace. There is no peace. So if that's you and you're like, okay, so, well, that's great, but I just feel weak. Now, the truth is, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you are strong. That's the truth. Okay? So this is what you do when you feel weak. You take your tablet of truth and you do this. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 and 29. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak. He never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Strength and strong and weak cannot coexist. They cannot live together in peace. So when you feel weak, you take your tablet of truth and you say, no, he gives power to the weak. So it's okay if I feel weak. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. You take your tablet of truth. Strong and weak cannot live together. You need to stand in strength and your strength comes through him. It's not something you have to conjure up for yourself. Strength comes through him. Next one, bound and free. Bound and free cannot live together. I am either bound or I am free. I can't be both. (laughs) I'm either bound or I am free. Now, you may feel as a Christian there's areas of your life where you are bound, but the truth is you are free. It's something that's presenting itself that you are bound, but the truth is you are free. So when you feel bound by your mind, by your thinking, by I don't know what it is, circumstances in life, whatever is presenting itself, Bound and free cannot live together, so you stand in the name free. And you say this, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the Lord. Christ has truly set us free. Now that's, that's, that's truth. But then he goes on to say, now make sure there's a responsibility on us that we stay free. So when we feel bound, we go, okay, bound and free, they can't live together. They're not good neighbors. They're not a good combination. But I am of Christ, so therefore I'm free. And Christ has truly set me free. So I need to make sure I stay free. So I'm going to read my verse. I'm going to read it out. Because when you read it out, if you're not in an environment where you can read it out loud, if you suddenly like... You know, I don't know, you work in an office with 30 people and you suddenly start blurting out things. People are going to maybe ring and get you taken away. But in that environment, read it. But wherever possible, speak it out. Because when you speak it out, you hear the word of God. You hear the word of God. Bound and free cannot live together. Broken and whole. They can't coexist. I'm not doing away with the fact that some may feel broken. But the truth is, if you belong to Jesus, you are whole. 
And you may feel broken, but you are not broken. You see, and I thought about doing this as a prop as well, and I actually, in my head, saw Fatman's face, who I would have to get up on the platform after me, so I didn't do it. I actually was going to get a pot, I was just going to drop it and smash it all over the platform. (laughs) Not cool, Fat Mom, not cool. Because it's either broken or whole. It can't be both. It can't be both. And and that's the same for us. Broken and whole, they're not good neighbours. They don't make a good partnership because it's not possible to be both. And if you belong to Jesus, you are whole because in Psalm 147 verse 3, it says, He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. So when you feel broken, you stand in the name whole, regardless of how you feel. And you go, no, I'm whole. I'm whole because he heals the wounds of every shattered heart. So he's healed my brokenness. I am whole, and I stand in the name whole. Fear and peace. Fear and peace, whoa, they are really bad neighbors. They are really bad. You can only have one or the other. They wage a war against each other, and fear, oh my, it loves to rob your peace. It loves to rob my peace. Turn the TV off. Put some worship on as a little sideline for anybody who's not sure what to do. Fear and peace can't coexist. You will have one or the other. So when you are feeling fearful, you stand in the name of peace. And you take your tablet of truth, which is John chapter 14, verse 27. This is Jesus speaking. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world can't give. Stop looking for the world to solve your fear. It's not going to be able to do it. You might get a temporary measure. It'll bang a plaster on you for a little bit. But it won't fix your fear. Because it's a gift the world can't give. Because it's a gift given to you by Jesus. By Jesus. So don't be troubled or afraid. Guilty and forgiven. They can't both live together. You are one or the other. And if you've given your life to Jesus, you are forgiven. You are forgiven of every single lie the enemy will try and tell you about your past or something you even did this morning before you arrived at church. You are forgiven. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So what name are you living under. You see, the minute you gave your life to Jesus, he made an announcement over your life. He made an acknowledgement over your life, and he spoke prophetically over your life and over my life. You see, he made an announcement. He made an announcement. He said, Chris is strong. And he turned around and he looked and he said, Kim is free. And he turned around and he said, Joe is whole. And then he turned around and he said, Nick is peaceful. 
And he turned around and he said, David is forgiven. Because they took on the name of Jesus. And I am all of those things. Names matter. And the only names that matter are those that are given by God. Those are the names that matter. Seasons come and seasons go. And things go from high and things go to low. But God is faithful. And he remains faithful. 